0: Hey, it's Cole. Welcome to this week's episode of the Artrepreneur Podcast, where every week we talk about how you can bring your creative dreams to life. I'm here with Adam. Hey, Cole. How are you doing this week? Great. Adam, where are we going today? Well,
1: in a lot of our podcasts, we talk about creativity, we talk about art, we talk about bringing our creative dreams to life. And when we talk about creative dreams, obviously we're talking about creating things that we want to create and creating amazing artwork. But a lot of times those dreams are attached to building a business. You know, there's a lot of people who are artists as a hobby, as a passion, and those people are unencumbered by a lot of this business talk. But there's a subset of artists who are trying to make a go of it as a career. And I have a feeling most people that are sticking around for this many episodes of this podcast are that subset of people. So this week, I want to talk about three important parts of the business side of having an art career that I think sometimes we neglect because we are wrapped up in trying to create amazing art and we forget about the business side sometimes.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talk a lot about the fact that when we have an art career, it really is also simultaneously a small business. Um, We're thinking about sending invoices and Uh, setting rates and finding new business and all of those things are directly related to owning a business.
1: Yeah, and I think when we do have that art career going, sometimes we just kind of neglect that other side. So let's get started with the three tips. And the first one is always have something for sale. Now, if people want to give you money, it is a big miss for them to not have a way to do so. There have been times where I've been interested in buying prints from an artist that I've seen posting on Instagram and you go to their website and it just says sold out. Mm-hmm. And they're posting work, you know, every day trying to get people to see it, but they don't have prints for sale. Uh, at my last show that I played, I forgot to bring my merch. And when I got to the venue and unloaded the trailer, I realized I forgot to do that. And you know what I did? I talked myself into driving home grabbing that merch and bringing it to the show and you know sometimes you talk yourself into saying it's not going to matter maybe I don't need to bring it no one's going to buy it anyway but I ended up actually selling every single thing that I brought it was my first show in two years and people wanted to buy the merch so I would have gone home with zero dollars in my pocket outside of getting paid for the tickets that I sold if I didn't just turn around and get that merch.
0: And I think a lot of artists have realized the value of having different price points. So of course you can have your, if you're a painter and you're at a, a show or a market or something, it's great to be able to sell a painting for several hundred dollars, but it's really easy to make prints and have something that's maybe a little bit more of an accessible price point or take your art and modify it to be something that's wearable. And a lot of people love to be able to wear the art that they buy.
1: Yeah, and with print-on-demand services that are available now, there is really no excuse to not have any merch or any prints or anything for sale in a shop because there are services, there's one called Printful that I've used for poster prints before. Uh, There's Redbubble, there's all different ones. A lot of them you can connect to an Etsy shop. But just do some research, get a couple samples printed out, Make sure you like the quality of the prints and have that going and they will handle fulfillment. They'll handle the payments. They will pay you a royalty basically and ship prints
0: of your work out to people or T-shirts, whatever
1: it is. So you don't have to have inventory.
0: And I think it's easy kind of low hanging fruit from musicians or something or a band to think about having merchandise but I think there are a lot of other artists that really could leverage the opportunity to have merchandise so even if you feel like it's not necessarily something that's typically sold by an artist in your field or genre think about it there's probably a creative way that you can um, monetize a piece of merchandise that people would want to buy yeah no so
1: definitely have something for sale second tip is to have something available for hire. So while the first option, having something for sale, is about trying to sell multiple of one thing, this is more about trying to sell one big thing to one person at a time. So my first band that I ever played in, we made so much money playing private shows and corporate shows that we didn't have to sell a single ticket to and we didn't have to try to build an audience we didn't sell merch we didn't do anything we showed up we unloaded we played these people were paying us way more than if we sold 100 or 200 tickets at a club to basically come and just do our thing and those shows were not always exciting Uh, sometimes you're playing to a room of stuffy people who are just background noise but That funded a lot of our recording sessions, it funded a lot of our travel that we had to do for other shows where we weren't going to make as much money. And we ended up getting to pay ourselves a lot more because for a lot of the summers, we would fill our calendar with those corporate events.
0: This is a great idea for somebody who's kind of maybe trying to transition out of that day job. So you may not be able to go directly to just doing the stuff that you want, just doing the art, that making the art that you want to make. And maybe there's a kind of a middle ground where you're using your creative uh, ability to create something that somebody else is maybe commissioning, whether that's like Adam was just saying, like a... Um, a corporate gig or something like that, or a mural for a business or a photography job, something that somebody is hiring you to do. And it may not be exactly what you want to do, but it's really great because it's paid training. So you're becoming a better musician. You're becoming a better photographer. You're becoming a better visual artist as you're hired to do work for somebody else. So it may not be exactly what you want to be doing, but it's helping you hone your skills as you do that thing.
1: Yeah. And third of all, and this is a big one for any business, but especially artists, keep track of your finances, keep on top of your taxes, your LLC status, keep your ducks in a row. So we could do a whole entire episode just on finance and on taxes, but keep it short. If you are self-employed or you have a small business, you really need to be keeping track of this stuff because when you are self-employed, you are responsible for your own taxes they're not getting taken out of your paycheck you're not getting a tax refund every single year from your w-2 status so make sure that you're making quarterly payments or whatever it is that your accountant says that you need to do so you don't get hit with a huge tax bill at the end of the year and secondarily do not cheat on your taxes when you are just starting out because if you wanna be able to buy a house one day or you wanna be able to finance a car or get approved for an apartment, you cannot show up with two years of tax return saying that you made $5,000 for the last two years because they're just gonna say no and they're gonna laugh at you. So if you're hiding income when you're trying to get established, then that is not gonna help you progress in your lifestyle. That being said, once you're making enough money to have that lifestyle, definitely keep track of your expenses because you do not want to start overpaying in taxes because you're being lazy. So whether it's collecting sales tax when you sell commissions or paying quarterly taxes, whatever it is, keep track of that stuff and be someone who is on top of their finances or pay someone to do that because you do not want to end up getting a five-figure tax bill at the end of the year because you weren't prepared.
0: Yeah, that stuff is so unfun, but it also, like Adam said, there are a lot of things that you got to watch out for because eventually it could all catch up with you. So, it's not fun, but it's an important thing to do. And I found that it's most helpful to do it kind of along the way. Uh do it in small little chunks, like for instance, tracking expenses. When you make a business expense, it's really easy when you're walking out to your car from buying whatever it is that you bought to log that and record it. So, if you can chunk it out and just kind of do it as you go, it's going to be way more manageable than trying to do everything on April 10th with uh, when tax day is looming.
1: Yeah, definitely keeping on top of that stuff. And especially if you can get an app, like there's an app that's literally called Self-Employed. And I've used that before to log miles that I'm driving. I've used it to scan receipts. Um, there's a bunch of different apps that all do the same thing. Your, your bank probably has one or your tax prep service probably has one if you used a chain. Um, I think QuickBooks does the self-employed one and it kept it super simple. But at the end of the year, your taxes were all accurate. You had all your expenses logged. Whether you need to show that to your accountant or you're going to use the automated service, whatever it is, just keep track of that stuff. And definitely, definitely, if you're getting paid in cash for all your gigs, you musicians out there, go write down how much you got paid for each one and put it in your bank account. Do not just go buy a bunch of stuff with that cash because we've all been there and we've all done that. So yeah, as always, that's another episode of the Entrepreneur Podcast. We'll be here next week with more tips for how to bring your creative dreams to life. And if you want to follow along on Instagram, it's at Entrepreneur Podcast. And we'll see you next week. Bye.